Uh, full disclosure, kids camp. Uh, this was literally my first ever kids camp leading or being a part of one. I've never been to a kids camp. That's just a little bit about me. Yeah, I know. Weird thing. I know. I, other pastors I know were like, yeah, I had to go to every single one every summer. I was doing nine. But I was like, I've never been to one. Like months ago when Maddie wanted to, I was like, all right, Maddie, first, how do we do it? Um, at her teach me too. But it was phenomenal. What a fantastic week getting to meet all these kids, serve together with our teens, our leadership team to see everybody owning and it be such a blessing into the community. Um, we were going to have for worship all the lights down and pass out glow sticks, but we decided not to for this morning. So we didn't go quite that far for you. Um, but I do want to actually just give a huge round of applause to Maddie for just leading that, serving in it. She did a fantastic job. Yeah. Not just the vision, but I think just seeing her release it to a lot of you who led your areas with passion uh, and with joy and with love. So it was a real blessing for me to get to be a part of it. And I got the youngest kids, so they were extra cute when we did it. Um, I want to give you another encouragement too. Kingdom Builders was and is, I mean, sorry, Kids Camp was and is a Kingdom Builders project. So it is part of your generosity giving to missions is investing in the next generation and if you saw our numbers as we give out the quarterly updates, um, we have given out almost exactly everything that has come in for mission so far. So you can trust us when we say we're, we actively are giving out money to projects and programs and people in need, um, so much so that in the last two weeks even, Gavin and I have had several meetings with other organizations, local in Pennington and in Trenton, that have asked us to partner with. So if you are feeling moved to, towards generosity, um, I encourage you give to Kingdom Builders, not just the programs we are doing, but there are so many in the wing asking and inviting us to partner with them, and your generosity allows us to be able to say yes to programs like Kids Camp, to programs like Antigua, to programs like Homefront and Women's Space. Um, so your generosity helps us to do that. Okay, that having been said, this is a family service, so I'm going to need a little bit of help. Additionally, we have been doing four weeks of a series on spiritual gifts, but this may be your first Sunday with us. So I want to give you a little bit of an overview of what gifts of the Spirit are like, but I probably need a little bit of assistance here. So, whoa, hey, all right. Hey, Professor Tinkerbum, if some... If some of you participate in our online kids' services during the pandemic, you may re recognize Professor Tinkerbum. He was written up, what was it, Professor, in the magazine? I was top 10 quirky scientist in Forbes magazine. Wow, I didn't even know that they had an issue of that, but apparently, and he is in the top 10. But actually, um, you don't seem dressed for your normal professorship right now. What's up with the outfit? Me and my wife. Every summer, we volunteer as lifeguards at uh, the local beach. What's that one called? Belmar. We love Belmar Beach, me oh, and my wife. That's great. I love yeah. Belmar, too. I used to surf there when I was in more surfing shape. Okay, um, <laughs> Professor Tinkerbum, if you could help us review a bit of what we've studied in the spiritual gifts. Yes. Where, where do we start with gifts? Right, so if you remember... The first week, we learned that Jesus is our greatest gift. Oh, that's right. I remember you and I were talking about this. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Praise Jesus God. Jesus is 
the greatest gift. Before we even talk about our gifts, we recognize the greatest gift that we have is Christ Jesus, that Amen. God gave his son for us, and he works through us and in us. Amen. And then what was the second thing? Right. So next up, yeah. we learned that you, you, me, we, you, are a gift. That's right. A I was gift. me telling you, you're a gift. That's right. You are a gift as well. So Jesus is our first and best gift, but remember, each of us in this community are a gift to one another. God gave us each other as a gracious gift to work together as the family of yes. God. And then what was the third? I'm right. having a hard time. Have you really forgotten? No. Okay, I'll Let's, remind you. It's like a bit. We're Next, done. God has given you, you, and me, you, God oh, has given you gifts. That's right, that's right. So, not just are you a gift, but God has given each of us individual gifts. And you have gifts that I don't, I have gifts that you don't, and that's why we come together and we bring all of our different gifts to make the mission and the family work together better. Yes. God has gifted each of us in our own unique ways, right? Yes. yes. Like you with your science, right? Yes. And me with my words, right? Uh, right. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. <laughs> And the fourth one. Yes, the fourth one. Sorry about the it's slander. One. Yeah, it's okay. Right. Number four. You and you and me, you are gifted to love others. Ah, okay. That is what we're going to talk about today in 1 Corinthians 13. We are gifted not just so we can say we have gifts or we can do cool things, but all of us are gifted with the purpose of loving others. So can you all say this together with me? You, you are, are gifted, gifted to, to love, love others. others. All right. Thank you, Professor Tinkerbum. Have a good job. Yes, Get back of course. to the shore. Back to lifeguarding. Yep. Goodbye. A lot of people are vulnerable right now. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Tinkerbum. And uh, let's just all kind of figure out how he's going to get out of there. All right. First Corinthians chapter... <laughs> all right. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at this verse together today. 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. To summarize Paul in this first part, he's saying, if I was the smartest person in the world, if I was the strongest person in the world, even if I was blessed with such riches and wealth, but I wasn't using it to love the people that God had placed around me. One translation says, he's just being annoying. I'm just being annoying. I'm a loud, clangy gong. I remember my first semester of college when I was studying religion, I came home to my parents uh, on break, and at dinner, I prayed over dinner, and I prayed like a five-minute prayer. And uh, I, I was just so juiced. I was like, yeah, I'm learning. I'm ready to go. And afterwards, my dad goes, is this how it's going to be always now? <laughs> And I said, all right, noted, 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 okay. Uh, 
we don't just use our gifts for self-serving purposes. If we're doing that, it's just annoying. We're just annoying people. The goal of the gifts God has placed inside of us is to love and care for others. Paul gives this illustration, right? He says, and forgive me, these are not as loud as I'd like them to be. If, I'm going to try real hard. If I am not being loving with what God's put in me, I am just loud clangy gongs. Okay, so kids, I need you to help me out with this illustration. And if at this point you've still been too scared to come up with the blanket, but you really want to play with one of these, it's not too late. Kids, you can still make your way up. Who wants, who wants the actual old school symbols? Yep, Moses used these. Here you go. Beautiful. All right. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I am going to all right, kids, I need your help. I need your help. Everything your parents taught you about politeness and quietness, throw it out the window right now, okay? I am going to read a statement. Oh, also, I need Sammy to help me here. Sammy, if you could join me up here. What we're going to do, as Paul said, if love is not in what I'm doing, it's just a loud, clangy gong. It's just annoying, it's destructive, it's chaotic. But if love is in it, it's like beautiful music, he says in the earlier passage. It's like, it's like harmony. Yeah, Sammy, there you go. It's beautiful harmony when love is there. So I'm going to read out a statement. And if it's not loving, I need you to make as much noise as you can, okay? Ready? All right. I'm going to give you a chance right now. Make an annoying sound. Ready? Go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. And if it's a loving statement, it's going to sound, <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And Timmy, you're single, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Just thinking out loud. Okay. All right, non-loving. Get out of my way. You stepped on my foot, you idiot. What is that? Annoying, annoying. We shouldn't use words like that. Another way. Do you need to get through? Let me make some space for you. Yeah. And what are you doing later tonight? <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. All right. All right, next. You did that wrong. It looks ugly. You're not good at this. Annoying, unloving, annoying. Good. I love your idea. Let me help you make that better. Can I help you with it? Beautiful idea. All right. Last one. Here, take my seat. I guess I'll stand like I always have to. Annoying, annoying. Yeah, you're taking something good you're doing and you're making it like, oh, all about me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not giving generously. Another way, hey, why don't you take my seat over here? I've been sitting all day. And honestly, I would rather stand. So you take it. All right, thank you, kids. Thank you, Sammy. Being smart, strong, or even being blessed with a lot of resources, wealth or riches, even the relationships that we have in riches, if we're not using it to love others, it's just annoying. It's just annoying self-serving. You could be the most talented person in the world, if you're not using it to care for others, you're just getting in the way. Let's continue. 
Paul then writes, because you may be saying, all right, I need to be loving. What, what is love? How do we understand it? Paul says, I got your back. Here are some working definitions. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages, special knowledge, will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Okay, so now, how do we understand love? How do I know if something is being loving or not? I need two more helpers for this. If I could get Olivia and Jerry to help me up over here. Grab them surfboards. Move to sides of the room. Doesn't matter which one, but each of you grabs one. Okay. All right, kids. I need you to get active for this one. You're going to need to stand up. You need to move around. Any other kids are welcome to do this. Adults, you are welcome to give gentle guidance. You can speak or point as well. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say something, and you have to... Tell me if it's loving or if it's not loving, all right? So I'm going to start easy. Patience, loving or not loving? You're going to run to one or the other. playing it up. <laughs> Ari and I go way back. Don't look at me like that. All right, let's reset. Back to the middle. Back to the middle. All right, next one. Jealousy. Loving or not loving? <laughs> good, good, good. Worth the wait. All right, reset. Back to middle. All right, bragging, loving or not loving? Theo, it's probably better if you don't sit back down. I think you're going to be better off. All right, next one, kindness, loving or not loving? Being kind. Go, 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 go. All right, being rude, loving or not loving? All right, last one. Being hopeful, loving or not loving? Yeah, yeah, he was ready. Oh! You really get the reset idea. All right, now we're going to kick it up a notch. I'm going to give you some scenarios. New kid at school. He's a little different. I don't want to sit with him at lunch. He's too weird. Loving or not loving? Yeah, some things are hard. Okay. One of my friends forgot their lunch today, but I'm going to share mine with them. Loving or not loving? All right. Now, adults, you may have to help out. 
My presentation in this third quarter of the year was a group project, but when I presented it, I took sole credit for it. Loving or not loving? Yeah, great. All right. The baby is up in the middle of the night. It's 3 a.m. again. I carefully get out of bed not to wake my spouse, and I'm going to take care, change the diaper myself, and let them sleep. Loving or not loving? Beautiful, beautiful. All right, give them a round of applause. Thank you. You may have a seat. Throughout this, we have said the working definition of love is to put the wants and needs of another above our own, to put someone else's needs, someone else's desires above our own needs and desires. Jesus is our greatest model of this. Jesus, who had all of the strength. Jesus, who has all of the intelligence. Jesus, who has all of the wealth and possessions of all the universe, chooses, because of love, to give them up to then give those resources to us. And he prioritizes us above himself. What are some examples from the whole crowd? Help me out here. Some examples of what Jesus did that we would consider loving. Healed people who were sick, right? Spend time with people, yeah, presence. Others. Forgive people, even in the cross. Yeah. Comfort, comforting others who were suffering. One more. Fed people, provided, fed, yeah. All right, are there other hands? I'll go out one more. Unbiased, okay, yeah. Broke down those walls and drew people together, all right? Now I'm kind of having fun. One more. Ooh, yeah, served. Literally got on his hands and knees and served. Let's look at the last part of this 1 Corinthians 13. Paul now says, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. And all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. And three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Paul says, when I was a child, a little baby, I acted like a baby. What what does a baby do with their possessions, with the gifts that they have? What's the one word you hear a child develop when it comes to their stuff? Mine. It's mine. We don't have to teach them that. They learn that all on their own. This is mine. A child could not have played with a toy for weeks or months, but if their brother or sister now thinks that toy is interesting, what happens? Mine. It was mine. I may not be very interested in it right now, but it is mine. These are my gifts. Paul is taking this little lesson and applying it to us as as individuals and as adults. He's saying, you have gifts in you, but they're not yours. They're not just yours to hoard and to hold on to. You may be really smart. That's not for you to lord over others. You may be really strong. That's not so that people can be impressed by you. You may have a lot of wealth and resources. It's not just so you can live a comfortable life or impress your neighbors. He says, as we mature, as we get older, we use the blessings God has given us 
to bless others. He says it goes beyond just the toys of our lives. It goes to the very essence of who we are, what you're good at. God made you that special way and gave you those talents and those abilities. And he says, I put them in you and I want you to use them to bless others. So much so that he says, there's a lot of gifts you have. And in this passage, he's talked about a lot of other spiritual gifts, prophecy and tongues and these kind of miraculous works God does. And he says, those will eventually not be necessary anymore. But what will continue to be necessary are faith, hope, and love. And he says, if you pushed me to choose which one of these three is best, I choose love. Love is the thing that will last. Henry Nouwen says, uh, in a book from the 50s, a, a Catholic monk and priest um, wrote that we oftentimes have memories from our childhood of beautiful places and beautiful experiences. Maybe your childhood home or a vacation spot that meant a lot to you. He says, when we attempt to return to these places as adults, we often find the joy that was there is now missing. Even more, it has a hint of sadness to it because what was there is gone. And we can't recapture it. Because the point he's making is the joy was never that place. The joy was never that thing, that home, that property. It was the relationships gathered together with other human beings and the love that was shared. That place was a mechanism. That place was something that helped us to love others. I'll give you an illustration of it, and then we're going to play one more game, okay? Ready? Good? Okay, this is for everybody to play. Matt's not a part of it. That's just a separate thing. Okay. <laughs> Roll up that first slide. I am thinking of a place for myself that Henry Nowen would say, this is for me a place that I have great love and joy and memory of from my childhood. Anybody guess where, where we're at? Beach, okay, all right, beach, next one. Yep, amusement parks. Okay, next one. Boardwalk, Jersey Shore, we're getting all of it. Next one. Water park, this is probably a high point for me. Uh, oh, more rides. And then lastly, yeah, we're in Wildwood. Some of you said it already, but it would have ruined the game, so I moved on. Okay. <laughs> this is a place I think about. I have a lot of joy and memories of this. Like, I would do this every summer for a week, and then my best friend as a kid would come, his family, and we'd join it. My dad did it every summer for a week. His parents would go. And so it had this memory to it. But I'll be honest, I'm 36, and there was one summer, Kate and I went back at like the end of the season, and it was like Labor Day, and they were kind of closing down, and it was like we were adults. And it was not fun. Oh, now you want to be a part of it, Ari? And... It wasn't fun, it was sad. All right, all right. Have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> Pay no attention. As, as we walked around the boardwalk without my family, without young children to experience it, it just wasn't the same. I was just eating a lot of fried food and walking a mile to the ocean. And it wasn't the same. But as an adult, we now get the privilege and the joy of going with my nephews and my nieces and get to see the joy of their experience in it, of their eyes lighting up, the colors, the sounds, the giant things of funnel cake, experiencing it together. Because 
Those places, those things have some power to them. There's some beauty and there's some joy in it. But the joy and the beauty is in human relationships, our fellow image bearers that God has made for us to share this life with. And when Paul says there are things that will last and there are things that won't last, a roller coaster, not one of the things that's going to last. Funnel cake definitely won't last, although in some ways in my body it does. But the people are made for eternity. The people are made to live forever with us. And he says, loving relationship with other human beings, that lasts. That will be in the end times. You will come one day in the resurrection and these people sitting around you, these people shopping around you, these people living around you, our friends, our family, our coworkers, they will be there forever. He says, if you want to take your gifts and put them to use of something special, use them for other people. Love someone else. You are a gift. You are a gift. I spent a week with all of you. You are a gift of the joy that you bring. We are a gift to each other. And not just that, but you have particular gifts in you of who you are that you bring into this community and you bring into the community around you. And I will say it unabashedly, we need you. We need the gifts that you have. And those gifts then get used towards others, towards people, to love and to care for them, to bring joy, to teach them, to encourage them, to challenge them and sharpen them, to love them and express value to them. People matter, and love and the gifts we have, using them for love, is how we share it. God has made this whole earth to share with us, and he wants to share in his love with each and every one of us. That's why Christ came. That's why Jesus still reigns, so that he can share this world with us. And he says, while you wait for my return, begin the process of loving each other. Use your gifts to love and care for each other. All right, if you'll pray with me, if you'll bow your heads, close your eyes, we're going to pray together. The greatest gift that each of us have is the love of Christ Jesus. That's our greatest gift. And we thank you, Jesus, that you had all the gifts. You're an Enneagram one through nine. You got all of it. And you used all of it to love us. You used it to care for those who were on the margins. You used it to heal those who were hurting. You used your gifts to bless those in need. And you used your gifts to take our sin upon yourself, to love us into eternal life through your death and resurrection. I want to give you a chance this morning if you do not consider yourself a follower of Jesus and you want to pray a prayer of just one step of faith into that relationship or if you are a follower and you just want to recommit together, I invite you to pray this prayer along with me. Jesus, in this moment, we receive you as a gift. Your love, your presence, your grace. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us. I believe, Jesus, that you came to this earth, 
You were fully man and fully God. And you lived out of love and grace. And then you took all of our sins, all of our shame, all of our fear, all of our hurt and pain, and you took it onto the cross. You bore it for us. You died instead of us that we may have eternal life promised to us in your resurrection on the third day. Jesus, you gave your life for us. Today, we commit our life to follow you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you'll stand with me as we close. I want to just give you some direction and some encouragement as we leave the sanctuary space today. The block party is set up. You come out the doors and you go left uh, behind the church offices. That's where all the food and music and tables are going to be set up. We set it up there on purpose to be under the trees this year instead of exposed out in the sun since it's really, really hot today. Um, there will be a schedule of events. There'll be fun water balloon tosses, big giant. We might get to play volleyball with this ridiculous sized volleyball. Um, we will also have a watermelon eating contest, a lot of stuff. My encouragement is, as it is really hot today, just be aware of each other and your own body as well. And if it is too hot, you can make your way in here and you can hang out in the growth track room and the lobby in here, cool off. Make sure you're drinking enough water and look out for each other. But let's today celebrate and practice this loving presence of the gifts of who we are. And let's love each other, care for each other, and celebrate in joy. Amen? Lord, we thank you for the gracious gift of Jesus. We thank you that you have gifted each of us, made us uniquely and yet still in your image so that we can represent your image communally, Lord. God, may we love each other in the way that you have loved us. May we bring our gifts to bear in that exercise of loving this world and each other. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.